Brought to you by Feitner Productions. In our time, only one man dares dive deep, deep into dark depths. Only one podcast derives dark drama and crazy comedy from shallow understanding of our language called laws. Beyond Unreasonable Doubt and Verboten Productions present Laying Down the Law with Billy DeClerc, your always alliterative announcer. That's me. Welcome to Laying Down the Law, where we take the spiciest legal cases and combine them with the delicious sweetness of improv comedy, bringing the greatest improv performers alive, stir-frying up delicious edutainment for your ears. Before we begin today, I'd like to introduce my guests. First, I am really excited to welcome the man who bears um, major responsibility for my serious improv addiction. The instructor of my very first conservatory class, the Second City Hollywood. He's an alum of Second City Toronto, where he wrote and performed in seven main stage reviews before going on to direct multiple shows for the main stage and national touring company. He's appeared in numerous network TV shows, including <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Young Sheldon, Big Bang Theory, The Middle, Mike and Molly, as well as multiple appearances on Conan and Jimmy Kimmel Live. He currently performs as one half of the Williamson Playboys, a musical comedy duo that has appeared on NBC's Last Comic Standing, CBC Television, and at the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal. Williamson Playboy's music can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and CD Baby. His live stage credits include The Drowsy Chaperone and playing Al Gore in An Inconvenient Musical. He's a multiple Canadian Comedy Award winner, including two for Best Male... I think it says best male performer, but the bio I got just says best male, and we're going to say he is the best male, the one and only very talented Mr. Doug Borinci. Wow. If I knew you were going to read that whole thing, I would have sent a much shorter bio. <laughs> we need to know everything. It I'm just started. really, really needy. I'm really needy. I just need that attention. Yeah, we could have gone back to, you know, your grandparents and your forebears of your comedy. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, Billy. Um, no, but we'll save that for later. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Next, she is a dynamic actor and comedian, a filmmaker born and raised in Dayton, Ohio. Now, in kindergarten, she realized that Jewish people are a minority. And her peers were going to judge her for it. It was then, at the age of five, that she came to find the survivalist tactic of comedy. In 2019, she made her film directorial debut with AI Vibrator at the Broad Humor Film Festival, which was the first short from Sweet Relish Films, a production collaborative that she founded in 2018. Please welcome a kind nurturer, a listener who is both creative and comical, and who lives each day with a mission to love and laugh, even in challenging moments. Now, I first came to know her as a co-creator of the Law and Disorder live improv sketch show. She is the one and only Ms. Lauren Michaels. Ooh. Wow. Thank you. Happy Welcome. to be here. Wow. Yes. 
And I think it's worth that. Seeing on paper is different than hearing it, let me tell you. It is here. It is. <laughs> but, you know, you earned all those credits and you should be proud of them. And um, okay. I know our listeners are really excited because, um, you know, we have listeners all around the world. We have listeners either uh, as far as the Russian Federation in Australia, Finland. Um, and, uh, you know, not everybody has the same access to comedy that we have here in L.A. So this is a real treat to to share your talents with the world. Oh, well, you're welcome. Not, yeah. So they, this is um, some of the best uh, the best comedy performers we have here in L.A right here on this podcast. Now, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into our case of the week. This is a case from court law, which is a first year law. That's the best kind of law, tort law. Oh, it is. It is. It's not just dessert. Tart law. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tart law. Tart law is pretty sweet, though. It it is. This is a case that has to do with the duty requirement in torts. And your I'm glad you to emphasized that T because I would have got weight. Otherwise, it would have been the duty requirement, <laughs> duty. right? Yeah. yeah. That uh, I'm yeah, my, with. My high school drama teacher, we did Rebel Without a Cause, and she was really big into enunciation. So Plato was Plato. And so all, you have all these like 16-year-olds walking around saying, uh, Plato, Plato. And uh, it just sounded really weird. It's like you can well, over enunciate. That's good, though, because otherwise, you know, you'd be eating a philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> not that I eat Play-Doh. Uh, no. At least not publicly. I gave anymore. that up. Yeah. Yeah. That was exactly. a quarantine goal I accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a case from Minnesota from 1993, and this is Justice Page. The case arises on a reversal by the court of appeals of summary judgment in favor of the defendant. And summary judgment is without the jury. That's just when the judge rules. Okay. The Court of Appeals held that defendant, the owner and operator of a private boat on Lake Minnetonka, had a duty to warn the plaintiff, who was a guest on the boat, that the water surrounding the boat was too shallow for diving. We reverse and reinstate judgment in favor of defendant. Which was the correct decision, I think. Well, um, yeah, I think so. All right. Well, that's enough of that case. <laughs> See how easy law is? Law is so easy. I don't know why lawyers make so much money. I really don't. I don't know why either. Um, so the I'm facts just, are undisputed. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Oh, no. no I, I, I'm sure you're going to get into this, but how close to shore was that boat? Because isn't Minnetonka is one of the great lakes, right? So that sounds like it should be a big, deep lake. Um, well, it it's at least a pretty good lake. It, yeah. It's not one of the great lakes. <laughs> But it is a good lake. Good. It is a it's a good lake. A good is, is, in terms of the names of lakes, it's a great named mm. lake. Forgive me, right. uh, as mentioned, I'm from Dayton, Ohio. Public schools. I just know there's well, nowhere near the know. Great Lakes, right? But there's a lot of pretty good lakes in Ohio. They're all right. Yeah. This one I wouldn't know how to pronounce, except that I did play with Tonka trucks when I was a kid, so I recognize the the mini Tonka part. Oh, then it was a small oh. lake, mini Tonka. Small lake. <laughs> what a yeah. connection. That had been dug out by like a toy. A, a by a Tonka metal. toy yeah. truck. So how could it be deep enough for diving? Yeah, it couldn't be much of a lake at all. That guy should not have been diving out of the boat. He should have been able to see that. It's Sounds more of a like puddle. inherent in the name. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, on Sunday, <laughs> August 9th, 1986, Jeffrey Harper was one of four guests on Theodore Herman's 26-foot foot boat. 
sailing on Lake Minnetonka. Harper was invited on the boat by a boat outing by Cindy Alberg Palmer, another guest mm. on Herman's boat. Herman and Harper did not know each other prior to this boat outing. At the time, Herman was 64 years old and Harper Wait a minute. Was he took an he said yes to an invitation from someone he didn't know to go on his boat. Yes. Um he's already asking for trouble. Mm. Like and, and you said how many people are, are on this boat? Well, uh, there are four guests total. We have um, Cindy Palmer, who was the one that mm-hmm. invited Harper. We have Theodore Herman, who's the boat owner, and someone else who has not been named yet. Oh, well, he did it. I think he pushed yeah. the guy off. I think that's what happened. It wasn't a, it wasn't a yeah. diving accident at all. It was a, an attempted murder. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. quite fishy to be one of four people that you don't know, you know, the other people. Go on. Yeah. Yes. So at the time, Herman was 64 years old and Harper was 20 years old. Herman was an experienced boat owner, having spent hundreds of hours operating boats on Lake Minnetonka, similar to the one involved in this action. As the owner of the boat, Herman considered himself to be in charge of the boat and his passengers. Harper had some experience swimming in lakes and rivers, but no formal training in diving. I think he used to put that on his resume, actually. Experience in swimming in lakes and rivers. I I think it really... If you're going on Indeed, make sure you put that in there. Yeah. Right. Well, when you're in your 20s, you need to add stuff because you haven't had so many jobs. (laughs) It's it's like the special skills section's very long. Uh, I worked at Burger King, McDonald's, experienced swimming in lakes and rivers. Um, (laughs) Can ride a bike. Yeah. I was a member of the uh, the high school uh, frisbee golf club, things like that. <laughs> Did I mention I the rivers and lakes thing? <laughs> Pretty good at that. <laughs> Not so much the pools. <laughs> yeah, you can't trust the pools. <laughs> Not at all. Um, so after a few hours of boating, the group decided to go swimming and at Herman's suggestion went to Big Island, a popular recreation spot. Oh, Herman oh. was familiar with Big Island and he was aware that the water remains shallow for a good distance away from the shore. Harper uh, had been to uh. Big Island on one previous occasion. Herman positioned the boat somewhere between 100 to 200 yards from the island with the bow facing away from the island in an area shallow enough for his guests to use the boat ladder to enter the water, but still deep enough so they could swim. The bottom of the lake was not visible from the boat. After positioning the boat, Herman proceeded to set the anchor and lower the boat's ladder, which was at its stern. Okay, so we know this is shallow water and you cannot see the floor of this lake. So that sounds like pretty dirty water, right? Mm -hmm. That's a Minnetonka known for its clarity (laughs) and also the sludge. That's kind of like a, and like that's a that 80s sludge. It's like even yeah. worse, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back when like, pollution was pollution, not like today's watered yeah. down pollution. <laughs> no, like halfway pollution. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so while Herman was lowering the ladder, Harper asked him if he was going in. When Herman responded, yes, Harper, without warning, <gasps> stepped into the side of the middle of the boat and dove into approximately two or three feet of water. Harper then brought suit alleging that Herman owed him a duty of care to warn him that the water was too shallow for diving. The trial court 
defended, uh, granted the motion for summary judgment, uh, saying that the defendant did not have a duty to warn. Um, the Court of Appeal reversed. So we're now in the Supreme Court. The Court of Appeal mm -hmm. said he voluntarily wow. assumed a duty when he let Harper on the boat. Okay. So the sole issue on appeal okay. is whether a boat owner who is a social host, as opposed to like someone who's, you know, taking you on a tour or any other thing, just a social host, right. owes a duty of care to warn a guest on the boat that the water is too shallow for diving. So the only thing that's being I'd presented I'd say just as somebody's elder, you know, if this wasn't even on a boat, you're 60-something, this is a young kid. Where's your social obligation? Yeah, where, where's the sense of uh, duty, right? so to speak? Yeah. Anyway, you know. Duty indeed. Yeah. Hey, kid, don't jump off the boat. Just now, don't dive off the boat. 86 sounds like a pretty, uh, like, cocaine-packed kind of time. I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. were there, is there any mention of drugs or... Well, yeah, why don't we say that there, or, that there were what's drugs? What's this fourth person? The unnamed fourth person. The unnamed fourth person. That's true. Is it uh, Cindy Alberg Palmer's um, uh, consort? Is it Herman's? Um, you know, some. So, is it a another boat operator? It's just not known. There are these three people and a mysterious fourth person. Was it their granddaughter being set up on a date with Harper and he was just trying to impress her? <laughs> I think so. That could very well be. Um, okay. So Harper alleges that Herman owed him a duty to warn of the shallowness of the water because Harper was an inexperienced swimmer and diver, whereas Herman was a veteran boater. He says that Herman should have realized that Harper needed his protection. However, this court, this is the Supreme Court of Minnesota. Since Doug is Canadian, I'm not going to try and do my Minnesota accent. But um, <laughs> we've previously stated that an affirmative duty to act only arises when there's a special relationship between the parties. The fact that someone realizes or should realize that action on his or her part is necessary for another's aid or protection does not in itself impose on him a duty to take such, such action unless a special relationship exists between the actor and the other, which gives the other the right to protection. So even if Herman should have realized that Harper needed protection, Harper must prove that a special relationship existed between them that placed an affirmative duty to act on the part of Herman. So wait, uh, they're saying if they don't, know each other well enough then there's less of a duty duty right a special relationship being something more than just you know um you know each other or you're in the same place at the same time something special like a um an attorney client relationship is a special relationship um uh, where there are duties owed by the attorney to the client now if you had hired herman uh, to take you out, would that create a special, um, uh, what do you call it? A special duty special relationship, yeah. a special relationship. I, I think there would be a different, yeah, there'd be a different relationship. And I think the court is saying here it's a social host. So, um, you know, it, there's been no agreement and I don't know if you've ever gone whale watching, but, uh, there are a lot of waivers you have to sign mm -hmm. uh, before you get on someone's mm -hmm. boat. Um, 
And so I think in those situations where someone is supposed to be taking responsibility for other people, they're being hired as an expert, that's a different thing. This uh, Herman was just the, you know, he was the leader of the boat crew. Um, I believe uh, in the Gilligan's Island vernacular, mm-hmm. he'd be the skipper. Yep. I believe. Okay. Um, but not so much, uh, you know, not so much with a special relationship. And so it, and so the, the Harper is saying he's a social host and um, a special relationship comes on the part of common carriers. So that's like boats and trains uh, that are, or airplanes, innkeepers, uh, possessors of land who hold it open to the public and persons who have custody of another person where the other person doesn't have the opportunities of self-protection. So here there's no special duty, the court's saying. Wow. So, the court, so just the record, general strangers have no obligation whatsoever to be like, I wouldn't walk that way. Um, the road just collapsed. Uh, you know, there is no correct. Road. I think no, this is no just a, people. This is just another clear example of how the Supreme Court of Minnesota got it wrong. They they botched another case. Oh, right? they, it's they, obviously they Herman's do. fault. He sh- I mean, he had what happened to this obviously. Midwest fellow neighbor kind of congenial attitude. This is more every man for himself, and uh, you're supposed to know better, I guess. Oh. Yeah. Well, they figure he's 20. I mean, there was a they 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 say the record before the court does not establish that Harper was either particularly vulnerable or that he lacked the ability to protect himself. It probably would have been different if he was, you know, uh, um, not an adult. Um, The record does not establish that Herman held considerable power over Harper's welfare or that Herman was receiving a financial gain by hosting Harper on his boat. There's nothing in the record which would suggest that Harper expected any protection from Herman. And there's been no such allegation. Now, the Court of Appeal, the one that really screwed up here, according to the Supreme Court, The Court of Appeal found that Herman owed Harper a duty to warn of the shallowness of the water because Herman knew it was dangerously shallow. But the Supreme Court says we have previously stated that actual knowledge of a dangerous condition tends to impose a special duty to do something about that condition. Uh Aha. However. Okay. So Herman was required to dig a deeper. He was going to have to dig a deeper lake is what you're, is what they're saying here. It creates a special relationship because he had the prior knowledge. It, um, it creates a duty to do something about it. Okay. But superior knowledge of a dangerous condition by itself in the absence of a duty to provide protection is not Mm. sufficient to establish liability and negligence. So his mere knowledge Superior is a great lake, though, right? Yeah, Superior, Superior is one of the. Yeah, it's one of the. It's one of the great. Just lakes. wanted to make sure. Okay. I oh. believe the acronym is Homes. H O M E S. Oh, now Houston. you tell me. Huron, Huron, Ontario, Michigan, Erie, and Superior. Right. The Lake Houston is the lesser of the. That's where all the Nassau ships, spaceships land on Lake Houston. Lake Houston. Yeah, Lake Houston. And, which so is, and that's why there's so many problems in Houston because those ships sink because of their densities. Right. And it's just we have thousands problems. of astronauts have died in these terrible <laughs> driving accidents. It's 
It's horrible. <laughs> so we've got um, we've established the tiers of lakes. We have the Great Lakes, we have the pretty good lakes, and we have the not so good lakes. Uh, yeah, like Lake Houston, which is just Lake a death Houston. trap, really. It's just not a death so trap. Good. No, not 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 so good. So it seems that this is a pretty difficult case because it's been through th three levels of courts, each one kind of having their own opinion on it. It seems like what we need is a fourth level of court. Like the some, the ultra Supreme Court or something to be able to like really solve this one. Well, there is truth. one more level: the Supreme Court of the United States. You can ah. appeal from the Supreme Court of any state in the United. Oh, this is actual learning. I apologize to our listeners who did not want to learn anything today. Um, <laughs> my bad. But um, you can appeal from the Supreme Court of any state in the United States directly to the Supreme Court. So if you lose wow. in the trial court, you can appeal to the Court of Appeal, and then there's a Supreme Court in each state, and then from that you can go to the United States Supreme Court. And then where? And then after that, you're done. I That's guess you it. could go to the The Hague. <laughs> I think you go to Hollywood <laughs> after that. <laughs> you go to Hollywood to make a movie. Right. That's right. Yeah. You go to Aaron Brockovich. She'll it. make a movie about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> the Court of Public Opinion is where you go next. That's right. Wow. <laughs> All right, so that um, I'm, I'm uh, thinking about this boat, this boat situation. So he's yeah. got a ladder that he's throwing off the side of the boat, mm -hmm. the and, back of the boat. Poor Harper isn't noticing that the ladder doesn't go that far down. He's like, I'm diving in that shallow, you know. Mm -hmm. Figure most of the ladder is still not even underwater. Yeah, usually the ladders go, you know, just a foot or two into the water. Oh, I see. But, but you know, I mean, and how much? How you, many feet do you need for diving? And it's been a while since I was at a swimming pool. Um, more than three. I guess it depends <laughs> on whether you're doing a deep dive or a shallow dive, because you can dive, yeah. you know, um, and you know, maybe just go a foot and a half under the water, or if you go like straight down, you're going to go quite far. And, that, and this was two feet deep, I think you said, right? So he probably just mm -hmm. dove in like he thought it was going to be a, a deep lake. Ooh. Yes. Let's see if I go two feet deep. Were you taking notes? I was not taking notes. I don't remember. Um, I have taken some, but that detail went. And um, I don't think it's. Thanks says for mentioning that about depth. the ladder, because now I'm but picturing it, the right kind of boat ladder. Yeah, the, the ladders you know, you kind of put them over the edge, but they don't go very they don't go very far in. Yeah, it's not a great like, ladder. It's just uh, a pretty good ladder. It's a pretty good ladder. It's yeah, it's maybe three ladder. rungs, something like that. That's right. Yeah, it's, yeah, if it had been a great ladder, I think something else might have happened. But yeah, um, but yeah, the, the the angle of your dive matters too. Um, yeah, you know, but he he must have he probably dove straight down, um, thinking it was it was really deep. Um, so there they must have been wasted. Mm -hmm. Totally. Ripped. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we got to ask a little bit about wh who is this Cindy Alberg Palmer? Mm -hmm. And she's sort of a she's sort of she's the one that brought this kid on the boat. You can never trust anybody with three names, right? Like three names. That's true. Uh, they, they're they're yep. just they're hiding something. Uh, yeah, John Wilkes Booth, Lee Harvey Oswald. James Earl Ray. Um, What's your face? Cindy Albert Palmer. Um, hmm? mm -hmm. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. Wow, what's that guy up to? <laughs> <laughs> um, Too much. Um, 
much. Too much. That's exactly too much. <laughs> Way too much. Drowsy chaperone, I think not. <laughs> no. Sarah Jessica Parker, I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. she's, a, she's a criminal mastermind. She can't exactly. fool us. Obviously. <laughs> Um, all right, so taking the last paragraph of this, I promise we'll be done. Uh, there are many dangers, such as those of fire and water, which under ordinary conditions may be reasonably expected to be fully understood and appreciated by any child. If a child is expected to understand the inherent dangers of water, so should a 20-year-old adult. <gasps> Harper had no reasonable expectation to look to Herman for protection, and we hold... That we hold is always that when you're in law school, it's just a little tip to the law students who are listening, always skim the case to look for the phrase we hold, because whatever comes after we hold is the thing that you're going to be tested on. Okay, we hold. That's just that's the thing. It's the holding of the case. We hold like, that we Herman hold had no truths to be self-evident. I've heard exactly. That we hold you in the highest regard. Hmm. We hold okay. each other tightly in fear as our house burns down. <laughs> Are those also judgments from the Minnesota yes. Supreme Court? Yeah. Minnesota Supreme Court. It's not a great Supreme Court, but it's pretty good. Pretty good Supreme Court. Yeah, it is. Pretty good Supreme Court. Pretty good. Um, we hold that Herman had no duty to warn Harper that the water was shallow. Reversed and judgment in favor of the defendant reinstated. Wow. Close the book. Wow. On. That's so that's rude. It. God, even a it's kid so would know the dangers of water. So this 20 year old. But you know, any child should know. But you know, Herman did take steps. You know, uh, he turned the boat so the bow was facing the lake. He did a bunch of different things. He had been to the island a hundred times. It's like, I don't know, like while he's driving just over his shoulder, you know, like, hey, guys, don't dive. This water's shallow. Seems like something yeah. he should have done. Yeah. Yeah. It seems um, purposely negligent. Yep. Mm. Well, and, I, you know, I think that there could have been a rule that someone who's a captain of a boat takes on a duty, a special duty to the passengers to warn them of foreseeable dangers. There are, um, you know, the court could have looked at all of the laws that you have, um, you know, on water. You have to have a certain number of life preservers. You're supposed to, you know, if you, if you've ever been on one of these boat tours, they're like, here's where all the life preservers are. Here's the thing that, you mm -hmm. know, you're not supposed to, um, you know, if I yell, jump overboard, then, you know, jump, don't dive things like that. They usually go over like a little safety thing. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Was Herman wearing, does the, coat, does the court documents uh, record this, that he was wearing one of those captain hats? Because if he was, I think with that comes a lot of responsibility. That's true. With great hats comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. We hold that to be true. That, yes, that is true. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So... You know, this That's reminds me like of a story that like, happened to my sister-in-law. She was uh, doing a snorkeling trip uh, in, um, in the Red Sea many, many years ago. And um, for some reason, there was an odd number. She didn't have a partner, a buddy. And everybody packed up and left her in the middle of the Red Sea. And she no. watched the boat just going away. See you later. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? And it just kind of turned into this tiny little boat in the distance. And I think what happened, they didn't come back and get her. Some other boat uh, came by like a, a while later and was able to pick her up. 
Wow. But they just totally, um, but she didn't sue them. She should have sued them. Yeah. I just had a flashback yeah. myself to when my wife and I were dating, we went to Lake Tahoe. Um, on a trip and we rented one of those. Kayaks. That's one of the Great Lakes, Lake Tahoe, I think. Lake Tahoe. Right? <laughs> lake Tahoe is actually an excellent lake. It's, oh, excellent lake. Sorry. It's, yeah. It straddles two states. You can gamble on one side of the lake and not on the other. Um, we rented one of these kayaks, right? And it had, you know, they're made out of plastic. There's a little hole in it. We're, we're paddling around and it starts to kind of fill with water um, or splashing. And... Uh, and I started to panic. And my wife, who's my girlfriend at the time, is laughing, just started laughing at me because we were 100 yards from the shore. And I was like, <laughs> just like completely like trying to save the boat. And I was like, it's, I'm going to go down with the ship. I'm going to go down with the ship. And the Coast Guard came up and rescued us. Wow. Towed the, towed the kayak back to shore. She's like, she's like, yeah, I was never really worried because... I, I knew I could jump out and swim to the shore. Did that occur to you? Um, I didn't. <laughs> Fast forward. <laughs> you know, I don't think that was an accident. I think someone drilled a hole in your in your kayak, mm-hmm. uh, Billy. I think that was, it was uh, again, yeah, it, was a, it was attempted murder. This is just like an Agatha Christie was, mo- uh, book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was an it act of jealousy. Someone, someone wandering, you know, Lake Tahoe area, just, you know, looking for people. Look at this happy people. Let's sink. <laughs> um, oh, the boat sale guys got to, you know, make a living. Um, That's right. Sees all those people going out there with their oars, not needing a sail. He, he gets angry. He needs to strike back. Yeah. We open on a boat rental facility on the shores of Lake Winnetonka. Uh, as I said, she's a 14-footer, and uh, she's uh, water-worthy, as we like to say. Um, uh, be a oh, perfect boat. That's what my husband says about me. I'm water-worthy. <laughs> oh, oh, sweetie, you're always making jokes. Always making jokes. Water-worthy she is. Yeah. Well, it, needs a, it needs a coat of paint. Just don't let the, 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 the flaking paint scare you at all. It, it needs a coat of paint. It's not the prettiest boat on the bay. But um, I think it would be perfect for a lovely little romantic row uh, about the about around the harbor. This is our, our 21st anniversary, so... Uh... I, I appreciate the rustic look, you know? It, it reminds me of my front porch. <laughs> oh, it sure does. It sure does, doesn't it, honey? Do you remember when I was telling you about how I was going to repaint the front porch on our second date? Year? So don't repaint the front porch. Let's just, uh, let's go get some clams. <laughs> and here we are uh, 21 years later with two kids who love to eat paint chips. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's too bad you didn't bring them along because we got lots of paint chips here. And if you're if it's clams you want, Lake Winnetonka is famous for its freshwater clams. Oh, that's wonderful! Now, do they come with the black sludge, or is that just is that a side? You know, a side well, dish on the with the clams. You just if you get the black sludge, consider yourself lucky. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we can't, we can't guarantee that you'll get a clam from the black sludge. 
uh, check the contract. I just gave you a 55-page contract there to look over. On page 42, you'll see we don't guarantee the black sludge, but we don't cost extra or charge extra if you find it. Oh, yep. I, I initialed there, so mm -hmm. I did recognize that. Yeah, uh, my now, wife's all about the business. The ones you can eat raw, though, right? Oh, yeah. Any clam at any time, you can eat it raw. That's the general rule. Any clam, any time. Well, that's just so delicious. Now, now, I wonder, do we need to get, should we pay the extra for the clamming package with this uh, very water-worthy boat here? Yeah. <laughs> And you can tell it's water-worthy, just as an, a side note here, because it's wet on the inside as well. You see, the, the, the wood is well-seasoned. Well-seasoned and another sign of water-worthiness. Mm. Oh, that's perfect. I can just uh, keep the clams fresh right in this pool of water at my feet here in the boat. Mm. There you go. See, we think of everything gonna... here. Honey, hold my feet. I'm going to lean over and grab some. Oh, that's perfect. Wait, now, now, sweetie, we're, we're only a foot and a half from the shore, so be careful when you're clamming there. Oh. Oh. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> Got a little bump on my noggin, but uh, Ooh, you look well, even I... better than you did before. How about Ooh. that? Thank you so much, sweetie. That, that little bump there is not looking too good. It's um, looking like a... Uh, Couple different shades of purple. Ah, what are you talking about? It's barely a bump. Don't even worry about it. You're you're well uh, well enough to be navigating a boat on water. Just it's barely a scratch. Yeah, it's we're still tied to the shore in the dock too. I don't know if we should have been doing this quite so soon, there, sweetie. Well, I'll untie you. There you go. Whoa, well, uh, I guess we'll see you later then. <laughs> Oh. I thought he was going to come with us, but he just kicked us right off there, didn't he? Yeah, um, so... Uh, Careful of the big swells! Careful of the big swells coming! He's talking about my head, right? Is it swollen? Yeah. I, I thought he was saying you look swell, and I, I gotta say, sweetie, you do. You look... Oh, honey, this is so romantic. It really is. I sure wish we had some paddles or something. Maybe we should just, uh... Hold my feet again. I'll use my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, sweetie, you do make an excellent paddle. Hold on. <laughs> well, I caught some clams in my mouth that time. Whoa. What do you... You know, I brought some hot sauce. What do you say we just have a little picnic here, right in the middle of the lake? It's, uh... So... So glad we left the kids behind. Cut to uh, the city morgue at the coroner's office. Um, so these two were uh, celebrating their 21st uh, anniversary on Lake Winnetonka. Uh, it seems that the uh, female has a contusion on her head. A large laceration with multicolored bruising. Uh, the gentleman looks uh, on the outside uh, uh, fully intact, no injuries, no sign of any foul play. Um, I pumped their stomach, detective, and you can see the report there. They they ate clams uh, from Mike Winnetonka. Um, 
which is the signs everywhere, do not eat the clams in this lake. I don't know what provoked them to eat these clams, but they decided to anyway. There's also this disturbing um, uh, indication on the, on the wife's body that she was used as an oar to propel the boat. Uh, I'm not sure that that was the cause of death. You can tell by the watermarks on her hair that uh, the way it ripples that uh, she was used to propel a vehicle. Uh, if it didn't kill her, I think it definitely uh, contributed to the outcome, the sad outcome that we see here today. Uh, if you need me to testify in court, I can testify in court. All of this, I can bring pictures, um, drawings, uh, skin samples, whatever you need. Dear God, I've seen some bodies in my life, but I've never smelled two like these. No, uh, it's the it's the clams. Yeah, the clams are infiltrated with a black sludge, which causes a chemical reaction, and they're not, they're not even really clams anymore. They're some sort of hybrid mutant cephalopod or whatever. I'm not. I'm no biologist, but uh, they kill. They kill almost instantly. Especially in a weakened condition, like, say, you were used as an oar or a paddle. Or even spun really quickly to be used as a, a propeller, which is probably not an efficient way to move the boat. But And uh, judging by the signs on the body, it doesn't look like that's how she was used at that time. Judging by these bodies, I think these clams could be advantageous for our military. I'm going to be sending over some officials to the lake. Mm, that's... Um, then you might also want to take a look inside these uh, refrigerators, uh, Detective. Let me open this one up. Oh, God! Yes, this this uh, this man was dug out, of, dug out of the lake just yesterday. That's He was dug out of the lake. It's a hard process to dig a hole in the water. But we dug him out and... Um, uh, you can see how fast a putrefaction process takes. Uh, he's, 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 he's mostly gel gelatinous now, and that's from the clams. Wow. Oh, it's pretty gnarly. Oh, God. Maybe you'll also be interested in this. Less. Take a look at my forearm. That's a tattoo I got. <laughs> Anyway, I, sorry, I digress. I was pretty proud of it. I could make her move when I move my fingers uh, on my forearm. But anyway, back to the case, uh, Detective. I'm sorry, but uh, it seems to be a lot of uh, most of these fridges are filled with people who have eaten clams and died. <clears throat> we cut to Jack's Roadhouse clam and paint chips. <laughs> Two very chubby children. <laughs> are surrounded by 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 boxes and bags that used that, that are labeled paint chips on the side and then there are big trays with hot sauce and and shells of formerly eaten clams well you kids have been here a long time you've eaten a lot of food uh, your parents Left a credit card, but uh, it's maxed out. So I don't know if I can give you any more of the paint chips you do. Aw, I'm still hungry. Uh, yeah, come on, man. You can't leave me high and dry like this. Yeah, give me more of the yellow paint chips. Uh, you know, you, you, I cut you off three days ago. 
and you, you, you broke in the back door and you keep eating the paint chips and the other customers are, they're wanting some of the yellow paint chips too. Your parents' Discover card got, you know, declined. Come on, man. Just, I gotta get a little bit more. It's just anything yeah. you need. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll mow your lawn or I'll, uh, yeah. you know, any kind of special favor you can think about. Yeah, we'll pay, we'll pay your house, let it dry, eat those paint chips, whatever you need. We'll do it all. You need someone whacked? We'll whack somebody for you, mister. Well, it's funny you should mention that. You know, uh, Thomas Cornfield down the way, he's got his own roadhouse and he's been trying to drive me out of business for years i sure would hate for something to happen to damn thomas cornfield down the way hey, hey, when you say you hate to have something happen that that was sarcastic right like you're being sarcastic yeah. that you'd like something to happen to him because i'm not always the quickest guy uh, okay yeah we're gonna need really clear instructions okay so sometimes people want you to do something but they say the opposite of what, like, gee, I sure would hate it if you made your bed in the morning. It's called reverse psychology. Huh? So when you say you would hate for something to happen to him, you really mean you would love something to happen to him. Well, not quite so loud, but I wouldn't be upset. I'd be, I'd be pretty good. Not great. And when you said good. earlier that you. Didn't have a gut in the house that means that you do? Uh, well, it's not so much that it's a gun, it's that it's a rifle. Okay. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. if I say I don't have a gun in the house, that's technically true. <laughs> um, so when you say it's a rifle, then does that mean that it's not a rifle, but actually a handgun? Because I'm really trying to figure out when you actually mean what you're saying and when you're actually not meaning what you say. Um, listen, you, you kids go play with the, the guns and rifles. And, and, you know, if you happen to end up a half mile down the road at, at, uh, at the other roadhouse... Yeah. Cornfields of Warren. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you say Mr. Cornfield, are you actually talking about somebody else? Or should we actually take you literally there where you actually mean Mr. Cornfield? Uh yes. Good. And when you <laughs> Hey Janice, thank you for coming to dinner. Oh, Brian, I've only been waiting for months for you to ask me, so thank you. Um, I, I tried to, I don't do a lot of cooking, but I, I did make something kind of special. I hope you like <laughs> linguine with clams. Oh it's, it's a family recipe and bought this nice oh, bottle I of white wine. Italian. <laughs> well, on my mother's side, yeah. And we say Italian. We don't say Italian, Janet. Not a no big way. deal, but really, are yeah. you sure? I've never well, heard it, that way. <laughs> uh, well, trust me, because my mother was Italian, and she would get mad at people when they would say Italian, right? It's ah. but, but anyway, I don't, I don't want this to get off on You're a bad. You're not gonna whack me, I hope, right? <laughs> You're not gonna whack me. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, she thinks that's another thing too. Like my family's not in the mob. 
they, they, we're not we're not mafioso, right? Um, yeah, it's like a, a very very few of us. There's very few of us who actually are, and um, but anyway, yeah, I don't want this to get off on a bad note. <laughs> Um, uh, it's just a small little thing. And, um, anyway, uh, I have a bottle of wine if you, if you, if you, oh, if you, I, well, I would love, I would, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, Cheers. It's, it's Italian wine as well. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, this is so fancy for me. You know, I've only had plum wine before, so this is a first, this is a first. Oh, so you're a hillbilly? I'm sorry. <clears throat> we we don't like that term. Um, oh well, I was just you know I my, just my mom was actually a, a briar. Um, is preferred a a, uh, a, a briar. So, uh, yeah, you know when you're in the hills of Tennessee, um, yeah. and your mama sends you out every morning to burn the trash in the front lawn, so we don't have with to without shoes, it. right? You weren't wearing shoes, right? Well, you know, by accident, the shoes were in the fire, so that just meant there were no more shoes. And uh, to smell rubber burning is better than a cup of coffee, really. If you want to get going right in the morning, I can't recommend it more. Because um, that would really wake you up. I think yeah, sometimes, also make- uh, you know, to this day, I drive by the, the tire plant just to get a good pigment from yeah. the... No, I see. Rubber smells. <laughs> oh. God, this um, linguine's delicious. Isn't it? Isn't it good? Uh, <laughs> you know, you just don't. Uh, you I'm, could, I'm so, yeah. You could just kind of twirl it up on the fork, you know, make a little ball and, you know, like, the way, you know, you can slurp it like that, but it's like, you know, if you want, you can just get a nice mouthful by twirling it on the fork and. Hey, brother, sorry to interrupt your date over here, but I got to go down the street and, uh, and throw that jerk over there into the tire fire again. He he he, he crossed mine. I, I didn't like what he was saying. So I, I I just wanted to come through and let you know what I'm exactly doing before I leave. And because we're certainly not mafiosos and we don't do anything trashy like throwing people in burning tire fires usually. But in this case, I'm making an exception, and I will see you later. Oh, a tire um, fire! God, that sounds like fun. Um. Yeah, I, I wasn't Maybe, entirely. You think it'll still be going after we're done eating? We could swing through. You know what? I could just uh, put some saran wrap on this, and we could just walk down and watch. You know, um, that Am body I is be part of the family now. <laughs> oh my goodness! I guess I wasn't entirely truthful for you. Like uh, we do this every Sunday, we burn a body on a tire fire. <laughs> I didn't want to say that at the beginning. You asked me over, I hope. No, no, no. I, I asked you over because I thought we had this special relationship, you know, that, you know, um, you know, we, you know, every day we see each other at work. And I just thought, you know, but, but the way our conversation was going, it's like, it just seems like we should go. <laughs> and, I'm so happy. We have more in common than I ever thought. Yeah. Time. <laughs> um, if you want, um, the guy we're putting on the fire is pretty heavy. We could all heave him on. 
Let me just uh, shoot back this glass of Italian wine, and I am right there with you. Cut to the home of Jack Cornfield. There's a porch with a dog tied up who's sleeping. These two kids come back around. One of them is carrying a rifle and one of them is carrying a shotgun. So um, for today's meditation, I want to talk to you a little bit about focusing on your internal state. Um, Before we eat clams and paint chips, it's important to be aware and mindful and take some deep cleansing breaths. Now be careful, all right? Don't wake up this dog, because if he starts barking, we're gonna get caught. I'm gonna take a look through the front window. If you take a look through the side, we'll see what this cornfield is up to. I have a feeling he's up to no good. Yeah, okay. I have this to sneeze, but I'm gonna hold it in and not wake the dog. And as you reach with loving kindness to every being on this planet, we remember that all things are one. Oh my God, he's not even wearing a shirt. Oh my and God. We remember that we are connected with all living oh. things. God, his eyes are closed. This seems kind of mean. We sneak up on him and his eyes are closed. Maybe I'll open it soon. How does he sit with his legs crossed like that? He looks so peaceful. And as we reach for our paint chips and clams, we remember to Look at all those paint chips. Oh, there's so many paint chips. Oh, my God. I'm going in. Smash. Reach for the sky, cornfield. These aren't guns. These aren't guns, by the way. These are rifles and shotguns, just in case you were wondering the difference. Well... Children, I see that you are not at equanimity with yourselves. Don't try to fancy words with us, Cornfield. You ain't gonna confuse us. We want your paint chips. Get us the paint chips. Nobody gets hurt. Take the paint chips. They are yours. They always were yours. There is no possession. When you say take the paint chips, do you actually mean take the paint chips or do you say that you want to keep them? I do want to keep them, but nothing belongs to anyone. When you say that, then you mean that something does belong to people, that it does actually belong to you. You don't want to give them to us. All things are one. It is all Dharma. So when you say that, you mean you want to kick our ass. That's what you're saying, Cornfield. Have some clams. All right, now you're just confusing us on purpose. Set your rifle down. Eat to your heart's delight of the paint chips and clams. I don't know what to do. (laughs) 
so, never been so confused in my life. I wasn't letting us have any paint chips. No. He's saying, have the paint chips. We have the all the paint chips we want. But I, I don't even know if that's what he means. I'm going to take a handful and see. <laughs> I can't wait any longer. <laughs> oh. oh, it feels good. Oh, it feels good. Well, I needed those paint chips. Mmm. I think Give me some of those. Hey, mister, you seem really nice, and uh, you should know somebody's trying to kill you. Yeah, it was us. If you let us stay, we'll There's a knock you. at the door. Cornfield, you in here again with these kids, meditating and giving them paint chips and clams. Um, all things are one. Well, there's a detective down at the morgue that says you've been causing some problems. I'm taking these kids with me. No, no, leave us here. We want to eat the paint oh, chips. We, want to, we need the paint chips. Give us... Uh, let us stay here. Oh, I just want to stay here with you, you, Mr. Corbin. Wait, why are you pointing that gun at me, kids? I'm a detective. I'm here to save you. Blam. Oh, no. <laughs> Ah, I was supposed to help you! When he said he was here to help us, Dad didn't know what he meant. Yeah, like, he was saying that, but then he meant the opposite, because it's all reverse psychology. <laughs> I hate this town. I think he made the right choice. Yeah. This town is so confusing. I think we should leave this town. Go someplace else, where they say what they mean. Yeah. Okay, let's take a bag of paint chips and hit the road. All right. I hear there's fun we down in Lake a, Houston. <laughs> we cut to a tire fire on the shore of Lake Houston. Ah, just warming, just warming my hand to you at the tire fire here, brother. So glad yeah. to see you brought your date down. Yeah, um, listen, uh, she knows why we got the fire going on. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mmm, just really soaking in those aromatic. Mmm, just. That is some really dark, thick smoke. Mix reminds me of Ma's cooking, don't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The way she'd stink up the house. Mm. Yeah. She, that lady knew how to make a linguine with clam sauce like nobody's business. She'd take right. the sludge from the bottom of Lake Winnetonka, she pull it on side, mix it with uh, some Alfredo sauce, ba-boom, ba-bang! You felt like a million bucks. Yeah. yeah. God rest her. You know, um, Janice said she'd help us burn this guy. I told her. I'm sorry. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. This lovely, this lovely date of yours, Janice. Yeah. Oh, well, we always appreciate. Hey, well, Brian help. knows me, you know, from work. I'm always a team player. That's I can't help myself. So, you know, one for the sake of many, as they say, right? Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, she's a bit yeah. of a philosopher. <laughs> yeah, she philosophized me right into you know wanting to burn more tires. That's how I'm feeling about a philosophizing. Hey, you stop looking at her like that. Stop giving hey, her the googly eyes. What the hell? You know something, bro? She, look, she remind me of Ma. It's not like that, brother. Yeah, I've never it's seen not, you look... I swear it's not like that. 
I never seen you look at Ma like that. Hey, it what? Oh, Janice, why are you looking at him like that? Hey, Brian, oh, what are you? Uh, what are you guys doing? What's going on here? I, and why are you pushing? Why are you kind of edging me closer and closer <laughs> to the tire fire, Brian? This is a feeling that's kind of warm yeah, over here. Because I think you're messing in on my date. This is only our first date. <laughs> I, I'm trying oh. to be brotherly and 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 get to know your date, uh, Janice. Your name is, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, and, 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 and uh, you know, we we, we would never uh, fight, brother. Not over a girl. God's sake. But then let go of her hand and we won't fight. What are you holding hands like that for? Uh, I, I'm simply guiding her closer to the tire fire where she seems to be uh, at home, brother. You know, she is a modern woman and can, can get close to the fire on her own if she needs to. I have been bedazzled hey. by your reasoning and by your very progressive views. That's not something Ma would have ever said. Hey. Boys, um, there's... Hey, I think we can just... Just, let's just take a moment and soak in the aromas and... I wouldn't say I don't want to be with you both, but I know that Italians and incest aren't like hillbillies, so I'm not sure. Uh... <sighs> ah! Ouch! Ah, that fire is hot! Damn you, brother! Damn you! Ah, I'm on fire! In a tire! Very sorry, Brian. He always he always speaks in couplets when he's burning. It's hilarious. <laughs> and I don't mean to be funny. It's just the fire runs with tire. Now get me out of here! Ah, it's my desire to be removed from the fire. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean it. Get me out of here! <laughs> ah. Fire! <laughs> ah. Two small figures appear on the horizon. Walking closer, one of them carrying either a rifle or a pistol. Excuse me, uh, Janice, is your name, uh, now that we got my brother out of the way, we just, uh, what do you say, we ride off into the sunset, but huh? what are those, those chubby looking kids over there? Some chubby, look, chubby looks looking like kids armed. carrying guns. Uh, I hope they're not, like, undercover or something, it's very strange. Um, you you know how to fight, right? Uh, of course. I definitely know how to take a a rifle from a trifling little kid. Okay, okay. Oh, hey, I think I can see Lake Houston from here. Yeah, look at all that dark smoke. That must be Lake Houston. Yeah, it's everything I dreamed of. Yeah. Uh, hey, look, it looks like there's an active fire going on right now. Well, let's keep our paint chips, chips away from it because, you know, they're flammable. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oil-based paint, lead-based oil paint. You're right. We'll both just get blown up to smithereens. <laughs> hey, you kids over there. Hey, Scram, this is my tire fire. 
We don't mean no problem, mister. We're just walking through with our paint chips. Oops. You're getting so close to me over there. Don't blow our cover. They'll want to take it from us. I didn't mean it. just came out. Did you say you have paint chips? Uh, uh, I say they have paint chips. Reminded me of my mom's home cooking. Oh. Back in the hills of Tennessee. Oh. Did you guys have the uh, fish and paint chips growing up? Oh, yeah. Fishing for paint chips all the way. Just back off, lady, okay? Yeah. I'm not afraid to just blow your brains out. I've used this gun before. I killed a detective. Oops. (laughs) Shouldn't say that out loud. They keep saying that out loud. We gotta keep moving or they'll be on to us. Where are your parents, kids? Where are your parents? You kids look to be trouble and you're confused with your your paint chips and you're talking and you're coming over here to my fire. I I ought to call Child Protective Services on you. We cut back to the coroner's office and the morgue. So we found uh, these bodies last night. It's hard to tell exactly how many there are. Looks like at least four, could be five. All of them seem to have burned in the uh, tire fire that is still raging on Lake Houston right now. I know, they smell horrible. That's not just the clams that you're smelling. It's also the tire. They were firestone. Um, They are the stenchiest of tires. We're we're having trouble identifying the cause of death here because there's so many of them. You'll notice all of the um, holes in the bodies. There seems to be a lot of gunfire. Then the footprints around the... I've taken some pictures. I'll lay them on the table here for you. The footprints around the tire fire seemed like there was either a chase or a maypole dance. It's hard to tell from the from the pattern. It seemed to happen before they burned themselves, but after they were shot. As you see, the blood splatter has made a quite a delightful design on the ground. Um, uh, the bodies have been burned. And some of them have melded together uh, to create a mega body, what we call here in, in the in corner speaker. It is strangely colorful considering all those paint chips got mixed in. Mm-hmm. And it seems that the paint chips, and I'm glad that I'm telling you, Detective, uh, because you might want to tell your army friends about this. It seems that the paint chips caused a cellular reaction in, in the bodies of these people, which allowed them to endure more pain than is humanly possible. They should have died instantly, but it seems that they were alive for hours and hours. <laughs> Dear it, God. It, um, I've never quite seen a case like this as a coroner. Of course, this is only my second day, but... Uh, <laughs> It, it is quite unusual. We don't get a lot of that around here. In between Lake Winnetonka and Lake Houston, it's usually quite pretty, pretty, pretty safe, actually. I'm putting it down as a homicide, suicide, accident, terror, tragedy, terrorism. That's, <laughs> that's uh, yep, that all adds up. 
does. <laughs> there is something else I wanted to show you, Detective. It's not my other forearm. It's a matching tattoo. <laughs> oh. is, do you think they go together? Because I think they clash somehow. Mm, well, let's see, one's holding clams and one's holding a very tiny ladder, so... <laughs> Yeah. Um, I have this recurring dream where Tweedledum and Tweedledee of pinup girls you got there. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I just met you, detective. I don't know. I'm spilling my guts like this to you, but uh, I have this dream at night about clams on a ladder. They're stuck on a rung, trying to get to the other rung, and it's too far away for them. They 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 reach with their whatever clams have to reach with and. They can't reach the other rung, and that's why I've put them, the ladder and the clams on separate arms. I've been trying to understand this dream, but it's, just, it's elusive. Wow, I can't tell if you're coming on to me or telling me something about your mother. <laughs> you know? In any case, uh, glad you could share. <laughs> Uh, well, as you've seen right through me, Detective, um, I'm coming on to you. Uh, right, right. Yes, uh, yeah. I arranged all of this just so I could meet you. Um, the, the burning of the bodies, the paint chips, the, the whole thing, the killing of the detective. Um, I saw you at the precinct and thought, hmm, she looks nice. And how can I meet her? And then I thought, what's the easiest way? And I thought, aha. Killing five people in a tire fire would probably be the easiest way to to meet you. I'm sorry if I was too forward. Melvin, no one's done more for me in years. And I'm married. Oh, dang. My timing is awful. Mm, but uh, the gesture doesn't go unnoticed. And I look forward to seeing what else you can come up with to impress me. Thank you. I feel a little embarrassed, um, Detective. Um, I hope this won't affect our professional relationship. Uh, oh, if anything, I think this will improve it. As I haven't showed you my tattoos yet. Oh, my goodness. Uh, she just vanished into midair. <laughs> Where'd you go, Detective? The D detective, that was quite an impressive trick. You just disappeared for for a number of seconds and then just appeared again in front of me. It's like, it's are you a multi-dimensional? It's quite impressive. But that tattoo looked just like the interior of this morgue. You just turned around and disappeared. That is the most amazing tattoo I've ever seen. So now you know, sometimes when you think you're alone, it might just be, be me bending over. We dissolve to a series of images, a montage really. The sunset over Lake Winnetonka, the coroner alone in a peeling paint chipped boat, or is he really alone? The sunset dips over Jack Cornfield's roadhouse with clams and paint chips and we fade to black <laughs> 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 <laughs>
that was amazing. You are brilliant. <laughs> and all those credits you earned, that was, that was awesome. You guys are so that was yeah, it was fun. It, was, it got a little out there, but it was still fun. It was just great. Wait, we brought it back around. I, I was yes. like, oh, you know, I love one of the things I love in improv is when you're doing like doing a long form. And you're like, all of a sudden, everybody knows where it's going to end. <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like land. You're like landing the plane. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Oh, so much fun. Somebody um this. somebody once said it's like um, you know, it, it's like right you're riding a train backwards where you can only see, you know, you can only see where you've mm-hmm. been, you don't know where you're going. <laughs> right, right. But I think it's more like you're flying an airplane backwards. Like you just like you know where you see the landscape where it's been, but it's right. like uh, it's fun. All right, the third the third part of laying down the law, I like to get to know my guests and um sorry for the endless puns, but this is where we uh, leave the sha la 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 lo and go deep. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um mm. it's, oh God, But um it's so I want to start with theme. Isn't you. it? It's like it's just like it all came together. Um although I don't have any questions about paint chips, sorry. I wasn't expecting that. Um <clears throat> So uh Doug, do you have or did you ever have a childhood nickname? I never had one that stuck for a long time, but uh, I'm going to date myself right now. Um, uh, I was born in the 60s, and in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, there was a talk show, an afternoon talk show by a guy named Mike Douglas. And people would call me Mike Douglas, and it would just make me so mad. <laughs> I used to hate it. Like it's, I don't know why. Like As I look back as an adult, it's just like, what's Mike Douglas? Big deal. But it used to just get me. <laughs> so irate to be called Mike Douglas. Yeah, Mike Douglas, Mike Douglas. And it's like, ah! right? But um, I guess oh, I think that's, that's kind of the closest. And then um, uh, now my father-in-law, uh, when he writes cards to me, instead of writing Doug, he always puts an H on the end. So uh, he writes my name as Doe. <laughs> <laughs> So that that's pretty close to a nickname, and um, yeah, that's pretty good. My wife just uh, my wife just labeled it. Uh, I have like a, a little um, uh, you know those ear pods, uh, Apple ear pods case. So she labeled it with my name, and she wrote Doe on it. So <laughs> it looks like that's the emerging nickname uh, nickname that's coming. Yeah, sort of inescapable. <laughs> yeah. <Cuddly. laughs> what about you, Lauren? Did you have a, ever have a childhood nickname? Uh... Well, as a kid, um, uh, I, they told me I used to, they call me Yannin because I called myself that when I was little because Lauren and Yannin sounded the same to me. So, you know, there's that um, mm-hmm. phenomenon where they're like, is it Laurel or Yanni? And that made so much sense mm-hmm. to me because um, I could hear both because I called myself Yannin as a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's That was that internet yeah. thing. Yeah. Yanni or Laurel. It? Yeah. Which is yeah. it? Yeah. So, oh, that's really interesting. Um, well, I guess my next question was going to be, what's your favorite word? But now I know. Yawning. Moral yawning. <laughs> um, do, you, do you have a favorite word, Lauren? Ooh, um, I like vernacular. Oh. I just like saying that word. It's a good word. I don't know why. That's a fun one. How about you, Doug? Do you have a favorite word? I don't know. I feel um, no. I don't. I like I like words. I like the word food. Yeah. <laughs> I like that word a lot. 
Food's a good word, but I don't know if it's the word I like or whether it's the food. What it means. Like. <laughs> yeah. That's a great yeah. word because you can it's just like you really draw it out. Yeah. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Although words with like hard consonants on it, like P's and K's, those are always satisfying to say. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. know? Like puck. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good word. How would you describe your perfect day? There's like two versions Perfect. of this. There's the version of like this ideal version of who I am, right? Where I like wake up and I exercise and I meditate and I have all, but like, <laughs> I don't really want to do that. I just want to be at a beach and not do anything. Just like lie around. It's <laughs> gigs. You know, that's, that sounds pretty good. Like lying around on a beach, you know, and in, in the warm sun, that's a pretty perfect day. You know, and you dive into the water. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> well, careful with that diving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot where we started for a minute there. Yes. Yeah. Um, slip into the water in, in a very responsible way. Um, you know, lately I've been um, uh, spending a lot of time in my garage just tinkering on different things that I've had around in my life for years, whether it be an old clock or an old electric fan or um, uh, just doing stuff that it, uh, my wife and I moved here like 11 years ago and and I brought all this stuff with us, you know, stuff that I'm going to fix this one day. And then the pandemic has kind of given me an opportunity to work on that stuff. And it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like my meditation now. It's kind of like my sort of solace from this situation we're in to choose, like take something that isn't working, try to figure it out, watch some YouTube videos and then get it working if you can. So, wow, that's uh, so great. Cause you know, I, I've been, uh, learning a lot about all sustainability and, um, just making things last and fixing things instead of always needing new things to just throw more stuff away. So that's a great, that's a remarkable skill. Oh, thank you. And the other thing I'm starting to notice about this too, is that these objects without getting too sort of whatever here, um, also kind of like they are, they're full of all of these memories and, um, you know, uh, of times past and events and stuff like that, that you don't realize until you're actually kind of like spending time looking at them and thinking about them and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of like, uh, it's a great way to sort of like, you know, these objects that we take for granted are kind of like our silent witnesses that kind of witness everything in our life. And it's like to, to refurbish them. It's kind of like, um, you know, uh, therapy in a way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? As you kind of like reflect wow. back on, on your previous life. So That's lots of benefits beautiful. there. Yeah, That was good. Yeah. yeah cheers. Um, sometimes I like to mess with my guests and tell them their answer was wrong. But I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wrong answer. Like no, next. <laughs> Bullshit. Um, Okay. Uh, (laughs) If you could try another profession other than your own, other than than what you're doing, what would it be? To be a lawyer, of course. I'm just kidding. I mean, if I had ever met a happy lawyer, then I'd pick that. Um, Mm. I mean, someone happy. I think that you're a happy lawyer, but... Mm. (laughs) It's too much reading in law, right? You have to read a lot. 
Oh there's God! A lot of and it seems there's like a lot more just the stapling and hole punching, every little thing. Like, oh my God! <laughs> yeah, I can handle the reading. It's the stapling just wears those, like, me out. Hole punch on the top? <laughs> I can't. I can't. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. What is that? What are you like? Yeah. Yeah, that seems like a really intimidating um, uh, profession too, um, with a lot of responsibility. Do you know what I mean? Like even thinking about this case that you read earlier, like the the responsibility the lawyers must face w- when there are such severe consequences to an action. And it's like, you know, neither one of those guys deserve, like obviously Harper doesn't deserve what happens to him. And, and Herman, you know, there's no way you can anticipate that something oh, like that's going to happen on your boat. Perfect. And then, and having to sort of argue to get to a conclusion, that's like a nightmare to me. Like, I, I don't know if I'd be able I to sleep. I don't have the emotional bandwidth to, or the ability to turn off the emotions to, to be like, well, it's just business. Um, yeah. I've been told that I should be a psychiatrist by uh, people that tend to tell me too much. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, again, that's a lot of like science. Um <laughs> I took Psych 101 or try it in college, and they yeah. really weed you out with like neurons and protons. And like, ah, it's because yeah. of the crazy people. You can't do this part. And you have to have empathy for people too in that job. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's really hard. <laughs> care, care about other people? Uh, I'm too good at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? You need groceries? I don't know. I don't have any, but here you go. Um <laughs> I think I envy that, like, they've gotten really good at setting boundaries because that's what they study. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that, wouldn't you like to end conversations like that? And that's our time. Right. Uh, <laughs> at parties? Like, you're, like, on the phone with somebody and, like, so that's my time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can we connect again in about 14 days? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I guess. Oh, okay. See ya. <laughs> yeah, right? Thanks. Yeah. Just mid-sentence. Yeah. Or even like they'll call it a yeah. minute before to like, no, just. Yeah. Go ahead and wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, what about you, Doug? If you if you could do another profession, uh, or uh, what would it be? I think, you know, I think it would be something outdoorsy. And this is going to sound a little weird, but maybe something like a forest ranger or something like that, where you're just out there in nature, just taking care of a park or whatever it is with the animals and stuff, kind of carefree, very little paperwork, I, I imagine, I anticipate <laughs> that there's not a lot of, you know what I mean? I think something like that would be quite uh, satisfying, you know. Ah, that's yeah. a great answer. That's a good answer. Tell me something that you believe to be true that almost nobody agrees with you about something you believe to be true that almost nobody agrees with you about i don't want to get too controversial know, here everyone <laughs> hey you know what like it's a podcast it's gonna be weeks <laughs> um it could be political hmm wow that's that's so tricky something that nobody well obviously the earth is flat so let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> just say um, no argument there. Like, no, I have enough crazy friends that believe that too, so I can't say that. Um, <laughs> that's this is what's so <laughs> tricky about your question is because truth is so 
subjective that there's some yakko believing something somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I can't help myself when I'm at the grocery store. I'll never pick the first thing because I think I have some core belief. It's been overhandled. And so I'll reach for the second and third one back. And uh, mm-hmm. that makes me look a little nutty out there. Especially when uh, COVID, they like, some people are super touchy about touching too many things. And I'm like, no, I had to touch this because everybody's touched that. I don't think um, prisons should be a thing. I, I don't know. Like, I wish there was a way to just uh, rehabilitate people or make them um, contribute some way until they figure out how they want to contribute. You know, you just reminded me of a thing that happened up in Canada a number of years ago that if it had happened here in the States would have been entirely different. And it's a horrendous story, right? And you probably saw it on the news when it happened, but there was this bus going across Canada, um, dropping people off and it stops every once in a while and picks up new people that's other people on. And uh, there was one guy who um, had a, a psychotic event and he went crazy on the bus and he stabbed and killed a guy and took out his heart, ate part of his heart. Right? Holy. Went crazy. Uh, the police, uh, you know, uh, basically evacuated everybody else off the bus. And this guy was parading up and down the, 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 the thing, uh, the aisle of the bus. And then eventually he, he, they, they got him out. They took him to a, a psychiatric prison. They treated him. And then within a few years, he was released again, uh, uh, given freedom, right? Because he was now medicated and had therapy and stuff like that. And uh, uh, he's kind of, as much as you can, living a normal life now, right? Wow. But I, I can't imagine that happening here, that this guy would ever have seen the light of day again. Wow. Right? That kind of shows that it is possible, right? And, you know, what he did was horrible, but in some ways, and maybe this is something that, you know, like, I don't know if there are court cases about this stuff, but it's like um, his brain chemistry was at a certain level that he couldn't control his actions Mm -hmm. in a way. And when he's medicated properly, he doesn't have these violent um, tendencies at all. Right. And so that half of him is never a violent, dangerous guy. I, I, that's, that makes so much sense. I think everything, every other, every issue that is an issue stems from mental health, right? Like, why would somebody be this desperate? Why did somebody do drugs? Why did somebody, right? It's like, and there's no strong structure in this country to get help when you really need it. Uh, I had a call. I was worried. I had, had somebody that was making suicidal threats. I had met this person recently. I didn't know what to do. I called the suicide hotline. They're like, well, I don't know. I'll call the cops, I guess. And I send the cops over. And I'm like, that's not what. Like, I don't want to call the cops, but there's nobody else. And they. Yeah. What do you do? And they just, cops call me and say, well, I don't know. He's not answering the door. I guess it's not here. It's like. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, But that kind of like, I feel like we punish people for being sick instead of, but yeah, this Mm -hmm. country's got a long way to go because everybody's got to get some kind of blood justice, you know, that we're Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. I mean, a lot of crimes are crimes of either poverty, addiction, or mental health. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
you know, would put them in a system that doesn't help any of those issues. Yeah, yeah, that it's that it makes it worse, and then you get tortured yeah. in prison and put in isolation, and everything gets worse. God. So this is the kind of comedy we're looking for. <laughs> no, it's just this. That's what I, I love about this format is that it's like we we get to know each other. We have like we connect. There's a connection, and then it's like you, we can start talking sometimes about things that you might not <clears throat> jump into right away. If I yeah. that was the first question, I don't think that would have been the answer. Mm. I'm going to make this the last question because we've you know gone deep and and covered a lot. What do you wish you had known? When you were a kid. Oh, I don't stress so much. I would freak out in fifth grade if I got a B because I thought I wouldn't get into a good college. And nobody told me nobody looks at elementary school grades, Lauren. <laughs> I could have had so much more fun. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> I agree with you. Like you put so much pressure on yourself and it, and it doesn't matter, right? I remember filling in my college application like even in, up until the point I was 17 like what do you mean they're not going to see all the clubs I was in in 6th grade <laughs> what was the point oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think uh, what I wish I knew is that everybody else is faking it too <laughs> Nobody, nobody knows what they're doing. You're not the only person who doesn't know what you're doing. Everybody doesn't know what they're doing. Oh, God, that's a good one. It would have taken the stress out of so many situations as well. I'm finally starting to realize that because I'm in my 30s and now I'm looking around like, oh, wait, everybody running things is like, these kids are my age now. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Nobody fucking knows. The government, everybody's yep. like, mm, call it a day, I guess. Yeah. That's good. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to stress. You don't have to be as perfect as you think you have to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was saying, like, Sorry. what we just did, like, in terms of improv, it's like there are moments like, well, where the hell is this going? And then it finds a way, right? It always finds a way. Yeah. And it's just like, you bring that attitude into life doesn't have to be perfect yeah i mean for me like you know having a job where it's important to be right a lot improv has been really important for me because important it's like you gotta fail you gotta you know be okay with being wrong and and <laughs> and like what oh you oh you fucked up your improv scene uh, you know, like what's going to happen to you? Nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, right. Oh, you totally bombed that improv scene, and it's like, okay, well, it's over. Yeah. It's it, like we gotta, it, you know. The room just got quiet. That's the worst that happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. There's no laugh. <laughs> you're like, right. you're like, so my zombies eating human brains bit's not as funny as I thought. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I guess it's pretty important uh, to get it right when you're in front of the judge. <laughs> yeah. It, you know those so those is. those moments. Yeah. Yeah. Got your back. I, I wanna, mean, something I wanna, different I wanna, in court, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to do a, I want to do a whole thing, um, improv for lawyers, because there's a lot of things, you know, that can be learned, like listening, paying attention, taking cues, being aware, um, and being okay with failing, being okay with making mistakes. Um, like I said, you know, I think at some point about law school makes, takes risk averse people and makes them even more risk averse comedy is about taking risks and being out there so i want to give you both a just a chance to shamelessly self-promote where can people find you on the oh, internet man. on the socials 
whatever. What what would you if someone is like, oh my god, I want to find out more about uh, Doug, or I want to find out more about Lauren. Where can they find you? Well, I do have a website, uh, DougBernsey.com. If you're looking for me, um, uh, the Williams and Playboys, uh, who I do a musical duo with, we have a Facebook page. You can check us out there. And then uh, other than that, I'm hiding from you. I don't want to see you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hiding a lot this year. Yeah. I'm, I kind yeah. of uh, I took a break in my personal socials. But when they're back, it's at Lorange Mike. That's orange with an L and then an M-I-C at the end. That's because if I was one of those three, my middle initials, J. So nothing rhymes with orange, but Lorange Michaels. Anyway, uh, but what is open, what I should really promote is Sweet Relish Films, Facebook page and Instagram at Sweet Relish Films. Um, it's been kind of on a hiatus with quarantine, but we're looking to get back out there, refocus. So go ahead and stalk me and stuff. There's YouTube stuff. Lauren Michaels stand up. Just like search it. I don't know. See what comes up. We'll see. Tell me what you find. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I want to thank you both. I want to thank you, Doug Morenci and Lauren Michaels, for being on the show today. Laying Down the Law is a product of Beyond Unreasonable Doubt, produced by Jeffrey Feitner and Verboten Production. Our music is Galactic Damages by Jingle Punk. Our cover art is courtesy of The Mighty Q. I want to thank our listeners. If you've enjoyed the show and you're still listening, please tell a friend, subscribe, write a review, share the information, leave us a rating of five stars or higher, please. It helps us reach more ears. If you're not enjoying the show, I'm a little confused why you're still listening. (laughs) Maybe you're a masochist. I'm not sure. Feel free to tweet at me at Max Headroom Esquire with questions, comments, or suggestions. I may or may not respond because I recently watched The Social Dilemma and I'm totally freaked out. I'm your host, Billy D. Clerk, a.k.a. Max Headroom Esquires, and I am a knight in slightly dented armor. Thank you. (laughs) 